Hey guys, welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Maura. I'm Sarah. Grab your favorite cup of coffee. Or tea. And let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to Carol's Coffee House. Got my water. I, um, I guess I did a hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> How do you redeem those channel points? <laughs> <laughs> On the podcast, I get the hydrates for free. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I have a it's a ginger ale and with a little splash of pomegranate juice. Jake, do you have water? Oh yeah, Jake's here today. <laughs> Hello everyone. Hello everyone. I have water. So no one's drinking coffee. No, I was earlier, but it's afternoon now. It's too late in the day for me to drink coffee. And I don't and drink I, coffee. I don't, I don't either. Plan, and I don't plan to. I don't regardless either. of what anyone tries to tell me. I know. I got I got my sister to drink coffee, so it could happen Someday. to you, Jake. Oh, Someday well, well, Sarah's I, just gonna kick us off. She's like, you guys don't drink coffee at all. I know. <laughs> coffee podcasting. On this coffee house podcast and one of the hosts doesn't even drink coffee. Oh my gosh. <laughs> one of these days it's just gonna it's gonna be the last straw and we'd be like, both of you, get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tried when I was in like middle school because it was the quote cool thing. What? Um, I don't know. I wanted to be cool and I thought drinking coffee was cool. So when my parents would what make middle schooler thinks coffee is cool. Um like it's like it's all like all of a... the middle schoolers I teach. <laughs> Yeah, like when you're in when you're in middle school or high school, it's like a cool grown up thing to do. Like go get middle coffee. Middle school is not yep. high school. High schoolers drink coffee. Uh, schoolers, I yeah. don't know any. They drink tea. No, they, they don't, don't drink coffee. No, they they. I have students that come in with Starbucks. I'm not kidding you. And they're in middle school. That's bougie. Yeah, they're in they're in like seventh grade and they're bringing in their Starbucks. I'm like, you need to not do that. Well, I'm actually not. You are 12 years old. You should not be drinking that. <laughs> I, um, I'm actually not a fan of Starbucks. I don't enjoy Starbucks coffee. I think it can work in a pinch, but uh, it just tastes burnt all the time. My, yeah. My parents who drink coffee and my sister who drinks coffee, I'm the only one of the family that doesn't drink coffee. None of them drink Starbucks. My, my parents just don't like it for the same reason I think you said, Sarah, they think it tastes burnt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Starbucks is not, is not great. If you've got, y'all, if you've got a caribou, caribou is a good chain coffee. Caribou is no longer where I live. That's really there's, sad. I, I have, there's none around here either. Yeah. It's, it's based in Minnesota. Actually, their, their coffee cups have all the Minnesota things on the outside of the cup. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Well, in terms of coffee, we have Tim Hortons in my neck of the woods. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. I, I so. do. It's in. It's originally in Canada. It's yeah. It's a Canadian chain. I first came across it when my family did a, a summer vacation to Nova Scotia back. Oh, this is. A, I know 15, someone from fifteen years ago. Now we did a trip to Nova Scotia, and the first thing we we got as soon as we got there, we we were hungry, so we went to. It was like a com- It was a combined. Soup? I don't remember. It was a combined Wendy's and Tim Hortons. And we're like, what's Tim Hortons? But yeah, they're like a Dunkin' Donuts sort of, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit better than yeah, a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, they do donuts and soup. Yeah. Really so, but soup. we have Dunkin' Donuts here too. And that's kind of my preferred 
I, I don't know. We had Dunkin' a lot in Pennsylvania, where I'm from originally, so. Yeah, I like the Dunkin' Donuts. They used to have an egg whites flatbread omelet. That sounds familiar, yes. And I don't think they have it anymore, because that's the only thing I would order from them. But I would pick out the mushrooms, because I hate mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms either. Oh, good. So... <laughs> Again, my, my parents like mushrooms. There's a lot of things my parents like that I don't know. I, I take that back. I hate mushrooms. I take that back. I am not a very picky food person, but there are a couple things that I don't like and will not eat. <laughs> not many, but there's a few. I'm the same as you. I'm the same as you. I, I refuse to eat olives of any kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't eat olives. Use my olive dad, oil. I my do dad likes olives. My dad Ranch. likes Ranch dressing, don't mm. like it. I oh, I can't have much. Ranch has butter. Sarah, no. Sarah, no. No. <laughs> I know. I, Sarah, I don't. No. I don't tell too many people this because I'm from the Midwest, and that's like the nectar of the gods out there. Oh. So. Well, now, okay, okay. I'll, I'll give you this. Mm-hmm. I don't like Hidden Valley Ranch, like the brand Hidden Valley. Oh, okay. Which is the I, king of ranches, isn't it? Yes. I don't like it. Weird. I like not big brand names of ranch. Like my go-to is, I think it's, I think it's called Ken Steakhouse. Okay. Yeah. That's the brand of ranch that I get. But yeah, I don't, I don't like Hidden Valley Ranch. Oh, I'm actually very picky about uh, my Italian salad dressing because there's a lot of because people are like oh they all taste the same no they don't no not really they do not they are not the same thing they do not some all have better. the same ingredients giant eagle low sodium italian dressing is the best one now, alongside domino's has very good italian dressing because hmm. domino's like the pizza chain i yeah i don't eat pizza because i also don't eat cheese I also well, love it's been carb. it's been fun hanging out. I don't think I can stay much longer. <laughs> so my mom orders me a salad, and then she makes sure that she gets me Italian dressing for the salad because she orders me a Caesar salad. But then instead of getting Caesar dressing, which has milk in it, she gets me Italian dressing, and it's very good Italian dressing. Mm. I also like balsamic Ugh. and lemon garlic. Mm. <laughs> Jake's <Jake's sound> face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm full of sound effects. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's I'll totally do, fine. I'll do balsamic in small doses. I can't take a lot of it just because I'm not the biggest fan of vinegar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, dressing is actually not difficult to make. So, I usually just make my own. I guess you could call it a version of Italian dressing, but it's just, Ooh. yeah, what I do is I'll do olive oil and then either lemon juice. Or apple cider vinegar, just to give it a little, <laughs> as, as I say, as I tell you that I don't like vinegar. But apple cider vinegar isn't as potent as regular. Today on Carol's Car- Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we need the rest of this recipe for dressing. And you have to put I it. I was going to say, I want to write this down. It's so easy. Uh, and then it's just a little Dijon mustard. Mm-hmm. Give it a little creaminess and, and thickening. Mm-hmm. And then some garlic powder, salt, pepper, and I'll vary. Like sometimes I'll put in, if it's fresh and I'm going to do just like a single serving, I'll mince up some shallots. Mm-hmm. 
and put that in. But otherwise, if it's gonna if it's gonna sit for a little while, like a couple, I'll use it over a couple of days. Just salt, pepper, garlic powder, and then oregano is my favorite. Just some dried oregano, mm-hmm. Italian seasoning. Sometimes if I feel like that, mm-hmm. but I have some of that. It's so good, and it's so easy. Yeah, it sounds easy. Mm-hmm. What I like is I I've, I enjoy very salty things. And so when I make my own dressing, I can make it as salty as I want. <laughs> and then nobody can say low anything. Sodium. I buy low sodium products. And you're like, I make it as salty as I want. I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> I'll have the fries with extra salt, please. <laughs> That's what I do. I keep extra salt packets from, like, oh, if no. I go to Wendy's or McDonald's, oh, gosh. I will <laughs> keep extra salt. No, I don't ingest it by itself, but, like, <laughs> if I ever go and get fast food and the fries aren't salty enough, because that's the worst thing in the world when you go through mm-hmm. drive through and the fries are not salty enough, it's just a mushy potato. Nobody likes that. And so I will keep salt packets in my car for this purpose, so that way I can have salty fries. <laughs> So I'm a weirdo. I, <laughs> I have a I have a friend who will buy those little packets of soy sauce. It's low sodium, but packets she will literally sauce. sit there and sip on packets of low sodium soy oh! sauce. No, no, thank you. I tried it and it's so good. What, Sarah? No. Sarah, no. <laughs> It's really, it's really, really good. Sarah, well, no. I mean, who, who am I to talk? Who am I to talk? I'm the one who says he would and has. I just, if I could, and I don't do this often, like ever anymore. I love barbecue sauce. Oh, and, really? You do, yeah, you, and I do could you just. Do like pudding? Do I eat do it, like, it pudding? like pudding? No, but yeah. the current barbecue sauce that I have good. comes, in, comes in a jar. <laughs> so I can't like pour it. So I have to get a spoon and it doesn't stick all, it doesn't all come off the spoon. So it's like, well, I'm not letting all this go to waste. So just a couple of times, you know. Mm. Well, someone actually, when I was in college, somebody, I don't know if they dared me or if they did it anyway. They, they got like one of the big drinking cups in the dining hall. They didn't fill it all the way, but they filled it, they filled it like, I don't know, like an inch or so up. This, but this was back when the dining hall had good barbecue sauce. And then the next year they got rid of it and had all the same brand, which I guess is easier and less expensive, but it was a good brand of barbecue sauce. And the hardest thing was to sit there with the cup, you know, tilted up and to have it like slide down slowly. And you're like, you know, moving the cup too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> if you drink soy sauce like that I guess it's kind of the same as like eating barbecue sauce just a little bit and it's low sodium so it's fine (laughs) but is it fine for you Sarah because you like salt Mm -hmm. it's true (laughs) are you someone who wait do do you like pretzels do you like pretzels Sarah Mm -hmm. yeah are are you someone who will take the excess salt at the bottom of a pretzel bag and dump it out yeah okay It, pretzel salt is delicious because it's nice and crunchy and yeah. like big chunks of salt. Yeah. So good. Let's get into our espresso shot. <laughs> our espresso shot today comes from, I believe it was St. Teresa of Avila. Is that mm-hmm. correct, Sarah? Wonderful. It is. Let's hear what she has to say. 
Yes. St. Teresa of Avila says, Let nothing perturb you. Nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Patience achieves everything. I like the word perturbed. <laughs> perturbed is words, a good word. It's one of those words you don't hear very much anymore. I use it. I think I've heard maybe a different version of this quote where it says, let nothing disturb you. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Let Which effectively dis- means the same thing. Yeah, I think... Yeah. And I don't know if this is a if this is a quote that's a string uh, like an actual sentence or a few sentences that she said, but the the one that's coming to mind is "Let nothing disturb you; God alone suffices." Mm-hmm. Um, but it says but this one says, "Let nothing perturb you; nothing frighten you. All things pass; God does not change. Patience achieves everything." There's so much in those couple of phrases. Yeah. So much. Mm-hmm. What was the part about, um, what was the line after fear? Let nothing oh. frighten you. All things pass. That's what it was. All things pass. I like that line as well. I think when you, when you are in a moment or a struggle or maybe a dark time, it's very easy to kind of get it caught up in the thought of, this ongoing period of frustration is just going, is going to last forever. It feels like it's gone on for so long and it's dragging on. And if you can't see a way out, it feels like it will go on forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's not, that's not rational though. A rational thought is that all things pass. Mm-hmm. This will, this too shall pass. <laughs> it's just when you're, when you're in it, it's very, it's very hard to acknowledge that it will pass because it's so fresh. It's so mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. And like every little thing makes you think of that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had like both big and small things that have really bothered me and upset me. And then I kind of was like, you know what? This will pass, mm-hmm. but I have to process the feelings. Like just like let them flow and then I can release them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just that. last week, I cried. <laughs> I cried yesterday. I cried today. Aww. Jake, did you cry today too? <laughs> no, I did not. I got teared up today? recently. No, it was not. No, it was not today. Was it watching your YouTube video that I <laughs> cried during? You know what? It might have been that. <laughs> no, I remember what it was. I had a meeting with my spiritual director this past week. And it was the first meeting that I had uh, with them since my... Since my last since my last appearance on the podcast, my grandmother um, mm-hmm. has passed. It's been uh, over a month now since that has happened. And initially, I had known maybe a little less than a week before she passed that it was going to be soon. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to get ready for it to happen. And those couple of days before she had passed were sort of the days that I was really kind of upset and low. Those, those were the crying days. Mm. Um, I didn't really cry much when I was back for the funeral because I did go back to Pennsylvania for the funeral. But then once I got back, I didn't really talk about her with anyone very much for a couple of weeks. 
And when I met with my spiritual director this past week, it was kind of the first time bringing her up again since I had been back. And I did find myself getting a little misty in the Mm -hmm. eyes, I guess you could say, (laughs) from talking about her. Not so much that I'm repressing the thought about her. It's just I have, you know, many other things that need to attend that I need to attend to. But, you know, just in thinking about, you know, the kind of person she was and so when I, when I moved out here to Northwest Ohio, whenever I would go back to visit my family in Pennsylvania, I always made a point to visit my grandmother because I never knew if it'd be the last time I see her mm-hmm. because, you know, she was older when I left and I just, we didn't know. So it was always important that I made the effort to visit her. So I have no regrets when it comes to you know, my mom calling me and saying that it's, you know, she's not doing well. I don't have any regrets. I'm not disappointed in myself for not being there. Mm. Now we can, there's other things I'm disappointed in myself that we could talk about later, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but in terms of that, I feel that I made a conscious intentional effort to visit her. And whenever mm. I would say goodbye before I came back here, I would always say, you know, I would always, I take the time to say goodbye and, you know, be- behave yourself. Um, <laughs> That's so cute. To which I she would it. say, to, to which she would say, well, where's the fun in that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I remember the last time that I was able to physically visit with her because right before all the virus stuff happened, she had moved into an assisted living home, which was probably the safest thing for her. That was literally like less than a month before the virus thing stuff happened. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So she was there. And when I went, the one time I went home in that time, which was in July of last, but yeah, last summer was when I went home. The place where she was living allowed you to visit, but you had to stay outside and they would bring her to a window and then they would open the window and mm. you can talk through the window, but you had to stay like a certain f- few feet away from the window. So, I mean, that was, we did that, I think twice when I was back in July. Um, mm. But I didn't, you know, physically get to interact with her. But I do remember the last time that I, you know, physically gave her a hug and said goodbye. I think it was Thanksgiving of 2019 or something like that was the last time I did that. That's hard. <laughs> Um, last summer, my grandmother was in a rehab facility cause she fell and for her 95th birthday, we, we were supposed to have a party and only one person can visit a day. And if they left the building at all, that, that was it. The, like their visit was over and they figured that they, um, they set it up that we would, we were going to gather outside the hospital and drive past and she's going to be in this one um the therapy room and there's a door and they like about a half hour into us being there they're like okay like just back up and we're actually going to bring her outside and we're like thank you so much <laughs> like you don't know what this means to us because like you don't know if that's the last it's mm-hmm. not, that was 95 you don't know if that's the last birthday or not <laughs> mm-hmm. and like my birthday is the day before and i'm like and I, and I had people that had forgotten my birthday, which is very hard for me because that one of my love languages is 
being wished a happy birthday. Like you don't even have to have a conversation with me that day. You, you can literally just say happy birthday to me and I'll be happy. If you don't say happy birthday, I'll be like, what is wrong with them? I'm the complete <laughs> opposite. I want everyone to ignore my birthday. <laughs> don't say happy birthday to me. Just ignore it. But yeah, but that's your story reminded me of like the experience that I had with like being like, just like having them bring her outside me able to like, we couldn't like touch her, but it's like just mm-hmm. getting to see her. Yeah. 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 She was able to have, she, she had a birthday less than a month before she passed. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I will. Hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, going back to what I had said, mm-hmm. I, I am not upset with myself. I'm not disappointed that I, that I didn't be intentional with visiting her. Mm-hmm. I mean, are there things I wish I would have done while she was still alive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that now <laughs> okay talk a little bit more about what you wish that you could have done while she was still here well i mean i think the big thing is getting married yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there are other professional things that i wish i i mean outside of that there are other professional things that i thought would have been done by now mm-hmm. at nearly 30 years old <laughs> I've dealt with that same, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Uh, my grandmother's still alive. We don't know how long, but her birthday is in July. And in the fall, I, um, one of the things I confessed was needing to like, let go of control about, I was struggling with the fact that I'm not in control of how long my grandmother lives and that that's up to God. <laughs> and I was like, I'm still single. I really had hoped that she would meet my husband someday and be there for my wedding. And I thought the only thing I can control was dating, but then dating was just so awful. (laughs) Dating apps are so awful. And it just stressed me out because I had this self-imposed goal of getting married and her meeting my husband before she died and like her being there for my graduation before I turned 30 for my 30th birthday. And that was something that I had to let go of. And who, she might still be there for that stuff, but it was something that I really had to be like, okay, God is in control of this. I have no control over this. And I just, I felt very disappointed in myself that I, cause it seemed very bleak her even getting to Christmas at that point. And it was just really tough. <laughs> and I was just like, I felt like a failure in the fact that I had not accomplished these things in time. And now I just have disappointment in other areas of my life that are much smaller, but still as impactful. (laughs) I I feel like a lot of single people our age, especially those that want to have a family or Mm -hmm. those that want something, whether it's, a better career than the one that they're in. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like that's a lot of, at least what I see, it's, there's a lot of pressure for them to not disappoint either themselves or Mm -hmm. someone in their family. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I can't really speak to the disappointment of family because my parents are, I don't want to say they're indifferent, but they're like, we don't expect you to do anything. We want you to be happy. We want you to do what it is that you know, is going to make you be your best self. I mean, they'll joke about grandkids and stuff like that. <laughs> but 
But I still feel like I'm disappointing myself because I had all these expectations. You know, it's like, I remember when I went to interview or audition or whatever it was at one of the colleges that I applied for, it, it might've even been the one that I attended. One of the adjudicators who was there was talking about, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? And my answer was, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> because I, I don't know about you two, but I don't like when people ask you those kind of questions. I hate it. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a futuristic person. There is no five-year plan. There's not even yeah. a one-year plan. I don't even know what I'm doing next week. I, <laughs> things change so quickly for me, I feel like. And I wonder if, I don't know if that's maybe because I would then, so to not have a five-year plan because I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Right. I could see that. Right. Or, or that I would feel constricted by that. Oh, that's an interesting thought. I love, yeah. I love that phrasing in that word. I like how but you said that. Everyone- yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying, Sarah, about feeling constricted by a plan. Then there's people, I, I know I understand that completely because sometimes mm-hmm. I feel constricted by plans too. But then there are people like a me who is in the process of currently planning out a massive road trip in the summertime. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I am a planner to an extent. I'll plan like a certain amount of time in a certain area I'll be like, okay, whatever happens over these couple of days, but once these couple of days are done, then I'm going to go somewhere else. So whatever happens. So, Mm. and I think that's different when you're planning for a trip because that's something fun, you know, that you get to do. And there's a lot of, it's, it's leisure time. So you get to just do what you want to do versus your life. Leisure life milestones that you're trying to achieve right I appreciate people who have that kind of planning and can say here are my goals here's how I plan to achieve those goals I think that's fantastic I think I would like to end up with a husband who has that kind of mindset to get this life in order (laughs) but I I appreciate people who can be planners who can be very practical and work hard to get what they want and to get to where they want to be in life. Mm-hmm. I love that. I've never been that way. I always, I call myself, I lead kind of a gypsy life. So I don't really have a plan. I just go and do whatever I want to do. But I wonder, but I do wonder, you know, is it that, do I fear feeling again, constricted mm-hmm. by a plan right. like that? Like I have to stick to it or mm-hmm. is it just... I don't know if that's fear of being disappointed. So don't set myself up to be disappointed. Oh, I do that constantly. I don't, there's different things where even with school stuff, I don't really tell people about things until it's like ready to be told because I don't want to have to like back and be like, oh, hey, actually. You know, it's really funny you bring that up because this actually got me in trouble once. Oh. And it kind of cost me a relationship. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> the, the first person who I say that I was legitimately dating, uh-huh. I mean, I, I dated in high school, but I don't count that because I just don't count that. But my first legitimate relationship was someone who I did go to high school with. It was my longest relationship. It was just, just shy of two years. And toward the end of it, we were having some 
you know, issues or whatnot. I was looking for a summer job after the school year ended. And I had found that there were some summer jobs offered at my college where you would live on the campus and then work wherever it was that you were to work. Mm -hmm. So at the time I was working in the dining hall. So I was, I thought, well, let's try this out, you know? And I think it was one of like three jobs that I had looked, looked into. And the, the, the pickings for this particular job were very slim. Not many people were chosen. So I did not tell this girl I was dating that I had done that because I was fully sure that I would not get the job. So I go on and on and on. And the, the manager, that scheduling person sent me an email. Oh, it might've been like a week, two weeks after I had expressed my interest. And uh, the email was like, you know, hi, Jake, whatever, such and such. So we've just decided to hire you on the spot. And I was like, oh, insert word here. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you censoring yourself. (laughs) And I was like, well, now I got to tell her. So when I went home to tell her that I had gotten that job, she was initially, you know, happy about it. She said, oh, so, so you won't be back in the summer. And I was like, unfortunately, I won't be. But as our conversation went on, I could clearly tell that it troubled her significantly. And I don't want to say that was the final nail in the coffin, but it was one of the last ones. I, I, I think it was about a month later, we amicably ended our relationship. And it was my longest one. It still has been my longest one, just shy of two years. Uh, because I, you know, I, I fully expected that we would have, you know, ended up engaged at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but that never happened. And it was crushing for me for a while to lose her. It was very hard, but I got through that and I'm glad I did <laughs> because there were many, I don't, I don't like calling them red flags, but there were many things that, you know, when you're in a relationship and things happen that start to like show you that it's not going to go the way you want. You you just ignore them. Mm -hmm. I got good at ignoring those. I got Mm. good. I was even better at ignoring the ones in the second relationship I got into. (laughs) I think, I think that this is something that people, especially in our specific age group can really relate to though is feeling disappointed and like kind of taking stock of your life in the Mm -hmm. moment and seeing where you are now versus how you saw yourself however many years ago like so for Mm -hmm. me yeah there's no five-year plan but I have an idea about what I want Mm -hmm. you know right right when I was in in college, I just expected to have a life kind of like all my friends had, you know, they found their spouse or their future spouse in college at the Newman Center or whatever. They got married, they started a family. So, and that my parents did that. They were married in their mid twenties and started a family right away and just started that family life. And that's kind of what I pictured for myself because that's all I really saw. That's all I really knew. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of people, I have an aunt that I'm really close with because she got married a little bit later in life. So she would always ask me, you know, about dating and stuff. And it was different from my mom asking me about it because she, she knows what it's like to be single for a long time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, she was very skilled at what she did for her career. When she did get married, she decided to, she worked into, right up until she had her first child. And then she decided to stay home and be a, and be a mother. But she had this full life experience before that. She was able to travel. She, was, she had a, a great career. She got to do a lot of really cool things, but we had talked a little bit before that. And she had, you know, she said like, this isn't something that I would have planned for myself. If I could have it my way, I would have met my husband when I was a little bit younger. Um, we could have enjoyed more of our younger years together. She had this career, but what she desperately wanted in her heart was to share her life with a husband and children and it wasn't happening and it wasn't mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. And there had to have been moments where she was doubting herself. There had to have been moments where she felt disappointed. Mm-hmm. There had to have been moments where she felt like, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And that yes. Is, yes. that's a huge part of it is when you are in a point where you're like, this is not what I saw myself doing. Mm-hmm. This is not where I thought I'd be. You're at least my first inclination is what is wrong with me? Yeah. What am I doing that I shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Why, why is this part of what I want? Whether that can be marriage, whether that's a career or a promotion, whether that's mm-hmm. moving, whatever it is, why is this not happening for me? What am I doing wrong? And you turn the blame on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that goes, that, that actually hits home for me because, but a lot of it comes from the low self-esteem that I had when I was younger of, you know, the kids who bullied me, who said that no one would ever love you. No one would ever want to be with someone like you because, you know, you're weird. You, mm-hmm. you like trains, you're a nerd. I don't know, whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stupid things that elementary middle school kids say someone who's who doesn't like sports or you know the boy things whatever Mm. it is I don't know but again a lot of those the mentalities of you know what you said Sarah of what's wrong with me Mm. that's been kind of something that's been replaying in my head for years now what's wrong with me why am I just perpetually to everyone the nice guy but nobody wants to give me a chance I've definitely been dealing with wondering what's wrong with like you, like, cause I've been like wondering about the same thing about myself recently. Cause I do. So some of my expectations and like disappointments that I have are not just with myself, but like, so I have expectations for how I sh- would be treated by certain people and um, showing up for me, stuff like that. So like people not being flaky. Okay. Yeah, but also for me, one of the hardest things about being single is not having someone to share the milestones and big events in life. Yeah. I am graduating. Mm, yeah. And there are people that are very excited for me and very proud of me. But <laughs> Oh, I just, I, me, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a huge deal. Yeah. But um, it's not, I've had a problem with my friends sh- being physically present. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 
some people know this, I lost 50 pounds. It took me a couple years. And I actually recently talked to my best friend about this because I was like, and she lives not in the same state. Um, She's really excited about me graduating. And I'm like, I know that you can't be here, but it's really hard to know I'm about to accomplish something. And also having this idea that people won't show up or they're or they'll want to but something else will be happening at the same time and they'll pick that instead Hmm. and I was like here's the thing I lost 50 pounds and I told you and you sent me a thumbs up and that's all you did and she said that's because I'm a horrible friend (laughs) (laughs) and I do understand that different circumstances there could be like bitterness jealousy what have you so i'm like oh i wish i was there so you might not be as excited as you are required to be but yeah i don't have someone to share milestones with and and to me that's like yeah am i am i worth it (laughs) like Hmm. so there's that disappointment in my life but yeah I do wonder like okay am I worth being there for (laughs) I think that's it's a very real and raw emotion something else what's wrong with me am I worth it Mm. am I worthy of these things to happen these good things like I want something good I want this good thing in my life am I worthy of it yeah it's really easy to get caught up in your self-doubt not just with like big picture things but when you mess up like when you make a mistake and you realize it the worst thing is to punish yourself but that's something that everybody does you know they they I'm not I am horrible to myself sometimes the things that I think about myself my you people you guys would beat me up if I said that to any of your friends right like that's why my friend Perry's like don't be mean to my friend yes exactly (laughs) stop being mean to my friend Um, that's that's me when I react to anything that I've ever created you should go watch. there's a couple videos that I have where I react to like the first what's the first what's for dinner the first whatever Mm. and my parents watch them and they're like you're so hard on yourself don't do that yeah yeah and then like I'm also dealing with I like there's some disappointment and just like okay what's wrong with me why can't I fit in anywhere (laughs) I'm feeling more of that now because all of my in real life friends are really non-existent anymore like once the (laughs) pandemic happened a year ago we all sequestered ourselves into our homes and just now like you know we're starting to go back into you know, actually being in person, but I went to my church's young adult group and I didn't know other than myself and two other people, I didn't know anyone else there. And it's not run by the same people anymore. It's run by a different person or a different pair of people now. And I don't really know them that well. And I don't really like how my church changed how they're running the young adult group. I liked it the way it was and I miss it the way it was. And I miss all the people that used to come there. Fortunately, a lot of them are married and do their own thing now and I don't really have many in real life friends my age they're all online 
And I don't, I don't really mind that at all. I really don't. I love this community that I found online. Mm -hmm. I wish I lived closer to a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've actually been struggling with like online friends too. Just like, okay, because I'm such an extrovert. I'm like, okay, am I annoying? Am I bothering people? Mara, you are not annoying. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one hard thing about feeling disappointed with yourself or with your life when you look back and you you kind of, you doubt yourself like it is hurtful or it can be hurtful when you work so hard like you have Mora when you've worked so hard in school and you've accomplished so much and you've come such a long way and then the big moment comes and this is your this is your achievement this is a huge milestone and when when people don't show up I don't know. It is. It's hurtful. And you don't really, and it's, it's hard to know where you go from there. You know, um, what I'm trying to say is it's almost like, you know, who your real friends are when, when they're in those big moments or when times are hard Yeah, and the people who are there for you show up for you. It's tough Mm -hmm. because you like those, the people who have seen you, work and seen you struggle Mm -hmm. and fight Mm -hmm. to accomplish everything that you have and then to not be able to have them there to share those big moments yeah it's really yeah that would be hurtful it's I think it makes sense it sucks but it makes sense that you would feel that sense of am I not worthy of this I've been thinking, you've been talking, Sarah, and I keep thinking of the Coldplay song, Fix You. Yeah. <laughs> when you try your best and you don't succeed. That you song. What you want, but not what so you need. Good. <laughs> good song. I like the song. It's so but, good. Yeah. But, you know, your, your talk there, Mara, has also reminded me a little bit, maybe a little bit, and everyone's situation is different, but a friend of mine actually is newly single after three and a half, four years, something like that to a girl he was with that he was really trying and really wanted to make work. But a particular thing about her was she wanted something that he did not. She did not want a family. He did. Her main focus in life was the business she was running. Hmm. And it was only that there was a story he told me that she missed some sort of milestone. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't remember what it was. (laughs) She missed some sort of milestone for one of her family members because Mm -hmm. she had to go to something for this business. And that didn't sit well with him. He didn't want to be the back seat. He didn't want to be the person on the back burner to the business. So I don't blame him for what he did, but I can understand. But yeah, your story made me think of that. And the talk of, you know, feeling worthy. Because I think that's what he was talking to me about was, am I worth someone's time? And I feel like that's what it comes down to. The disappointment turns into, 
I'm disappointed in myself or is it, I don't feel worthy for this. I mean, I feel worthy. It just hurts when other people don't, I feel like others aren't recognizing my worth. Right. Because I've also had other people that I, I have a learned pet peeve of I hate it when people say they really want to be there for you, but never make the effort to do it. Like, oh, I was like, oh yes, we need to celebrate this. Oh yes. I really wish I could be there. And then it's like, they actually, like your thing was said, and then they, they make plans to do something else instead. And like, oh, I really wish that I could have been there. I'm like, you have control over your plans. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Yeah, I know that feeling. The ant that I was talking about earlier. This is this is a this is a common expression that people use, and she phrased it a little bit of a different way. But um, she's so wise. In the context is this can cover a multitude of situations. The context was she was asking me about a guy that I was kind of trying to date. Like there was interest there, and I kept saying, yeah, we talk a lot. We, we haven't been able to actually make a date work. You know, we haven't actually been able to hang out in person. I think I knew him from one of my classes where we, talk, we text a lot, but we haven't actually spent time together. And she said, well, one thing that I have learned is that talk is cheap, but actions speak volumes. And I think that that is something that I have that I have carried with me in any situation. You know, it's kind of a play on the actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But talk is cheap. Actions speak volumes. Mm-hmm. So kind of like what you were saying, people say, oh, yes, I'll do this. or Oh, I'll do that. And then their actions do not reflect mm-hmm. what they're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, yep. oh, yes, yeah, so I was supposed to take you out for lunch to celebrate this. I'm like... Yeah, you were three months ago mm-hmm. and that you planned that for two weeks after my thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. And sometimes, unfortunately, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> and I know I am. And I don't like that I do that. It's mostly with my job. <laughs> no, It's not like with professionally, but it's mostly like the students will ask me for something and I'll be like, oh, sure. Yeah. And then never do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I had a graduation party when I graduated the first time. And um, my brother was coming into town for that because he was not at my graduation and everyone. So I was like making sure that it, like we were like we were like going back and forth with our dates that it w- would work. And all my family here was like, oh, they're like, well, not my immediate family. My extended family like, oh, they don't have to come for that. I'm like, oh, no, yes, they do. They're like, no, they, no, they don't. I'm like, no, they do. <laughs> and then one time my aunt was like, oh, then, and then she's like, wait, you went 12 hours for his graduation and nine hours for his wedding. Yep. They got it. Yeah. They, they can make a six hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They kind of owe you that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about the, the, the disappointment thing and how and at least in my life, the disappointment is more of me putting it on myself rather than other people putting it on me. Mm. I know that's not everyone's situation. And I feel, and I really wish I could speak to someone who has that as their situation, but I can't because I, I don't. So I can't speak from that kind of experience, but mm-hmm. 
I feel if I could say anything to someone who feels like they're disappointing someone, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like all I can say is if you're happy, keep doing what you're doing. I don't even know if that makes any sense. <laughs> I think it does. I don't know. Happiness is relative. Yeah, it is. Like many things. If you were to ask me, are you happy? I would say, yeah, not with everything in life. No. But for the most part, I, I feel okay. Mm-hmm. I'm in good health. I like my job. There's just something, this is, we could talk about this a different time, but there's just something about me. And I know it comes down to circumstances. There's just something that I don't understand about why people stay in a job they absolutely hate. I realize it comes down to circumstances, but mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't get that. Like if you hate your job, then leave or find something better in that same field if you can. I don't My know. My sister left her job. It yeah. caused her too much anxiety. Mm-hmm. She was a teacher. Maybe they don't leave because it's part of their five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's my five-year plan. I'm not making a five-year plan. Like, I have, like, a career one. And then I have, like, an end game goal for my career where... So I'm going to be in a job that will involve insurance. Mm -hmm. And I would like to get to a place where I can not take insurance. Yeah. And I I hate insurance. (laughs) And I think it's so important. This is just my personality in general, but I think it's really important to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, very true. get disappointed, kind of like going back to that espresso shot, all things pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. a disappointment. This is not your death sentence though. And some people, it's really easy to see disappointment and failure as like, well, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, throw in the towel yep door yeah door closed no more you're done and <laughs> I think it's really important just it's not it's not necessarily end of the line it's just you need to go like it's a detour yeah I feel like life you have this plan you have the <coughs> general, at least this general direction that you might be going in and you hit a roadblock so you adjust it and it's it's hard to deviate I feel for especially people who are detail oriented and trying to achieve their goals. Yeah. It's hard when something mm-hmm. gets in the way of that and you have to reroute and there's a plan B and a plan C, but I think that it's important to be adaptable mm-hmm. to remember mm-hmm. that these times and these failures that doesn't, there was a quote, an espresso shot from weeks ago where I think it's that we are not the sums we are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. Failure and disappointment does not define us. It helps build mm-hmm. us right. who we are meant to be. If also- we allow it to, I think that's the thing. Yeah. We have to allow that failure, that suffering to better us. Because I feel like that's what a lot of people do. That don't. That's what a lot of people don't do, excuse me. They fail and then they're like, well, I'm not going to try again. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to throw in the towel. I'm just going to say, well, oh, well, so much for that. I'm not going to try again. And the world does not do a good job at helping people get through that. It's like, we need to eliminate suffering. We need to eliminate all this other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And failure is a type of suffering. And unless you learn from that failure and try again, which I realize is a lot easier said than done. So, but you made me think there's a person down the hall in the building that I live in who has this thing on their door and I walk by it every time I go down to the laundry room and it says, when God closes one door, he opens another one. And I'm so tempted to like put a note on their door and say, I really like that you have this here. It really helps me every day I walk by it. You can can write the note. They will be so happy. (laughs) Yeah, I think you have a good point. A lot of times when those things happen, we have to, we do have to accept it. We can't wallow in it. I like to wallow a little bit, just for a little bit. Yeah, like, well, just like last week, I tweeted, I'm like, yeah, I just throw myself a pity party and cry. And then like the next morning, I still was sad. And I was like, okay, at least I got that out. Like, it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I let myself feel it. Yes. And that's super important to be able to feel that disappointment because I, in a way, it's kind of, it's a small grieving process. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's important to feel that, to process it fully, however big or small it is so that you can move forward because I don't mm-hmm. think it's yeah. good to push those things down or away and not deal with it at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. So feel it, embrace yeah. it. Yeah. And then pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep moving. Yeah. I think that a lot of people assume that people, if they don't pluck them out of their sorrow and they're like, their misery that they're just going to marinate in that when really they, they need to process it to get through it. They're like, Oh, we don't want you to marinate it. It's like, I'm not marinating. I'm just like, I have a, like, cause like years ago I went through a trauma. I had a house. Like fire. A quick, we're not marinating. <laughs> I had a we're house just fire just when I was um, 18, 19. And people were like, literally like be happy you're alive. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> house just went on fire. <laughs> I'm alive. I am like, happy. <laughs> No, I'm just I like, am so happy right now. No, I didn't even pretend I was happy. I'm like, no, I'm grieving my house that it's I grew like, up let, in since I was let born. Let me be sad. Well, here's let the thing. That's the sad. place that I would go. Like every every death that ever happened, any bad day at work, anything that like I would go home, and that's your safe place. And your safe place is gone when you need a safe place after your safe place caught on fire and you're just like Mm. um yeah please don't speak to me about being happy yeah but that's disappointing in how people respond it's like allow me to be sad for a little bit please yeah we don't have to just like (laughs) like i'm allowed to grieve people are really uncomfortable with people grieving they are so uncomfortable with grief with other people's grief Mm. because they don't know what to do they don't know how to help yeah. and they don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing because that makes it worse. So yeah, they're, there they're are choices. so many wrong things to say. Joe, he's got it down. He says, I'm sorry, that sucks. <laughs> really? But that sucks. Yeah, and it works. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but it's true. It's true though. It is kind of hard when you see somebody who's, who's upset and you're like, I want to help. I don't know how to. And so they, yeah, the temptation right. is to maybe not make things worse rather than try. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. pray for them. Yeah. Say, hey, I'm I mean, that's really what I do. I mean, like, sometimes I won't even say it. I'll, I won't even tell them. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> pray for them because I don't know. I mean, I have friends who aren't religious in any way. Yeah. Um, so, 
And yeah. a lot of them have a lot more struggles than my friends who are uh, religious and whatnot. That's so true. I won't really tell them that I'm praying for them. I have and in the past, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just, I, I won't. God mm-hmm. knows that I'm praying for them. Yeah. And hopefully they'll find out someday that I was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jake, like when your grandmother died, I texted you. I was like, Hey, I'm praying for the repose of her soul and I'm praying for you and your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. And yeah. That, but you're also was... religious and now exactly. you're so... <laughs> very comfortable sending that. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Well, so that, that might be a good um, segue into grounds to cover, which w- the first one, I think I like that idea of if you see somebody who's going through a difficult time or maybe they're upset about something, disappointment or failure that they're going through, pray for them. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for prayer for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know why it's so hard. For me personally, though, it's really, I have to be doing it very poorly for me to ask for prayer for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's because I feel like there's a lot more important things that can be prayed for. There's a lot of need in the world yeah. that we can, that we can, um, that pray for instead that might be more important. Mm-hmm. But to know that you, if you need help, if you need spiritual soldiers, if you need, if you need people to be strong when you are weak, don't be afraid to ask. Ooh, Jake like that. <laughs> yeah, like don't be afraid to ask for that help. Spiritual soldiers. Like- oh, <laughs> writing it down. But I think that's if you're friends with people. If you have friends, like that's what you, friends do for each other. They they show up, they lift you up when you're not at your best and then you do the same thing for them. So pray for people in your life who are going through struggles, who are going through disappointment. Don't be afraid to ask for prayer for yourself because you're worthy of that. Um, I think another, another thing that is good to do, and this is, I don't know, for me, it kind of seems like common sense, but... When you do feel those moments of disappointment and when you failed at something, you've messed up and you're trying to pick yourself back up, bring that to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Bring that to the Lord, even though you might be frustrated or even angry. Like, And I know that that's really easy to do when things don't go your way, when you do feel disappointment in anything like, you know, Dear God, why are you doing this to me? Uh, why are you letting me go through this? But bring him, bring him those worries, those fears, those anxieties, that disappointment, give it over to him because then you don't have to carry it, which is great. But also he wants it. He wants to hold yeah. all those, those wounds, that disappointment. He wants to take that, that brokenness a little bit or just that. Yeah, he'll sit with you in it. He'll like... Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll keep you company even in your frustration even in your anger and your impatience take that to the lord and give it to him be like you fix this <laughs> <laughs> and then the only thing I, the only thing i'm going to say to that because this is what I, I i tell my students this exact thing but i also tell them you need to want it fixed yeah you need oh. to you need to you need to say okay god i have this issue here's what I'd like to happen. Here's what I'd like to have happen. If you could, so it, no, it's not that like you need to want God to fix it his way. Yeah. 
And yeah. that's where the release of the will comes from, mm-hmm. where the release of our will and conforming it to his, I think, comes in. We need to want it to happen. We need to want, we need to believe, that's the word. We need to believe that God can do what he says he can do. Oh, exactly. And there are so many, there are so many examples of this in the Bible. Sarah having a child in her old age, Moses parting the Red Sea. There are so, there are so many examples of God coming through for his people. Mm-hmm. They, they have that faith because mm-hmm. they have that faith you can do anything. And I think that's important believing in, and having faith in God that he can, that he has the power to do anything. That's good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a really, this has been a really good, a really good discussion. Maura, thank you for your honesty and your bravery yes, sharing absolutely. that hard situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we'll be praying for you because I know mm-hmm. that's a struggle to go through and mm-hmm. um, to have to sit in that disappointment for now and to try and navigate through that, especially will be difficult. So we'll be praying for you and congratulations. On yes. graduating. Season. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. so excited for you. Da, 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 <laughs> da, da, da. Sorry. I still have a couple of things I have to do before I can graduate, but. But it's going to happen. because. Oh, it's going to happen. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and Jake. Thank you for being here as our, yes. as our third third co-host. We really appreciate yes. it. Yeah. I like so being fun. here. You guys are cool. You guys are fun. It's uh, <laughs> our conversations are good and, and uh, intentional. And I feel like going, uh, I, I hope that they are able, I think I said this when I was last on, uh, that we can at least reach one person. If it's only one person who's, life is affected by what we talk about here then that's a success exactly oh my friend Jenna love what you like your story she's like I never knew that I could relate to a man so much and I'm like oh (laughs) one of the struggles I have I read about all these women are so relatable (laughs) I read about all these women who have all these issues and I'm like that's me but I'm a guy how do I I, I don't know what to do because well, I find men so relatable. So I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so. well, this has been good. Buddies, thank you so much for another great week. Thank you for listening. Yes, we will you. catch you. We will catch you next week. Thanks for stopping by Carol's Coffee House this week. We hope you found our conversations to be uplifting and inspiring. Maura did want to add an update to this episode. In the time since we recorded this, the situation with her friends coming to her graduation has been resolved. They are coming, they're excited, and so are we. She asked that that part of our conversation stay in the episode for anyone who might find it helpful. So we're glad that everything turned out okay. We really appreciate all of your support and encouragement, and your feedback helps us strive to bring good content to this podcast. So if you have any ideas of topics you'd like to hear more about or are interested in, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at at carol underscore podcast, or you can email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Have a great week and God bless.